0: hi everyone welcome back to our hollywood i'm daniel
1: i'm kim
0: and we're gonna spice things up a bit today
1: well i mean yeah okay we're doing something different okay
0: yeah so basically well do you want to explain what how you came up with this because this was kim's idea and i was like 100
1: yeah so obviously there has been a lot of i guess light on the asian community lately Mm -hmm. um especially stopping asian hate and I think what sparked me was the shooting in Atlanta um, because it was very much targeted at Asian women. And then I saw this Instagram post on Diet Prada about what is that? It's like an Instagram account. It's, but
0: like, like-,
1: it's like a fashion Instagram account. Oh, okay. But they talk about social justice, like Fine. in between. Um, And they had, like, the Asian women in media portrayal. Mm -hmm. Like, they had all those videos. Um, It was a very viral post. Like, I feel like everybody's posting on their stories. So um, I saw that, and I was like, yeah, we need to talk about this. Because I feel like I've, I've been saying on this podcast media, it definitely reflects how we internalize society and how we place people in society. And I think it's an important topic. To bring up especially in kind of correlation to why the shootings happened because i mean obviously it was an act of hate towards asians and asian women and it was at a massage parlor which is you know it sometimes it can be the butt of a joke you know a happy ending massage or whatever and that's kind of what the guy was saying like he was having a bad day and he needed to take care of his sexual fantasies and he decided to target Asian women who work at a massage parlor which is
0: literally psychotic
1: disgusting it's gross it's a hate crime it's a terrorist act Mm -hmm. like it is what it is and there's so many other people out there in this world that have that view of Asian women Mm -hmm. because of what we're shown yeah so I think that's why I wanted to talk about this
0: yeah and so today's episode is going to be hopefully not chaotic because we've never done an episode this many people before, but we kind of invited on mm-hmm. um, a couple of guests that we've already had, some that we haven't, and just kind of have to have a, a round table of.
1: Yeah. It's kind of just like an open discussion, like yeah. having dialogue about how um, these portrayals affect women. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about what types of stereotypes are portrayed in media, um, what we want to see change and just kind of, unpack that and all of our guests are asian women i'm an asian woman as well if you didn't know um i'm half filipino so and i don't really talk about it too much
0: no so today's the day
1: today is the day
0: (laughs) so um before we get started and we meet all our guests um we just wanted to say to follow us on everything so um our tiktok is at our hollywood we post like little clips of the episode here and there um so go check that out and then our instagram is r.hollywood um that's where we post all our guest spotlights every time a new episode is out um everything is on the instagram mainly and then our hollywood is on youtube too only like half of season one is on there i will get to it i am just overwhelmed <laughs> right now
1: daniel is a student a yeah. full-time student oh and girl boss
0: yeah period um that's my instagram bio (laughs) that's our student anger boss um the birds are attacking the pine tree and i don't know why oh my god anyway um there's one oh also if you follow us on spotify and anchor i believe you can turn on notifications so that you'll get a notification every time we upload a new podcast. and that's fun
1: i get those notifications i get them too super fun it's kind of cool to see it is
0: I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. And then it's also like, oh, Selena Gomez released a new song on our Hollywood news. I'm like, oh, my God. Wow.
1: <laughs> One and the same. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly the same thing. Um. Okay. So, yeah. So, before we get into the episode, do you want to talk about something you watched this week?
1: Oh, my God. Um. So, last night, actually, I had accidentally a uh, James Marsden double feature on accident. I didn't mean okay. to. Okay. So, I watched Hairspray. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you need to follow me on Instagram. Yeah. Like, I'm just telling you, it's at Kimber Yeet. Sometimes I'll go on my Instagram stories, and they'll be long sometimes, but it's, like, good content. Like, okay. I think that's probably one of my most viewed stories, and it was super long. Wait,
0: what are you talking about? The oh, one the about dresses? the dresses.
1: Yeah, I'll get there. Okay. So I have one Instagram
0: <laughs> like, stories
1: about dresses that I thrifted and how literally everything I thrift slash buy pretty much is inspired by movies and television mm-hmm. i watch because that's literally my personality i do not have an original personality i stole it from all the movies that i watched um I think we all do that yes yeah, so that's fine. literally a fine. that's just how it is and it's okay as long as we know um <laughs> and so i was just talking through all the dresses that i bought that day and putting up pictures of the movies <laughs> and stuff that i remember that inspired my purchase yeah and i one of them was looked like the last dress that tracy wore in hairspray Mm. and it's definitely one of my comfort movies yeah i love that movie so much um so at face value i really yeah yeah if you
0: don't think too hard about it
1: yeah it's definitely one of the ones where you turn your brain off and you're just like Mm, oh music and bright colors and vibes yeah um so what was i on about oh (laughs) so i watched hair yeah so i watched hairspray james marsden and is it He's super sexy. Love him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was on HBO Max and I just went to like f- comedies and I just had an alphabetical order and 27 <laughs> dresses was one of the first ones on there. Mm-hmm. Speaking of HBO Max, we're literally begging you. We're on our knees. Yeah. Please sponsor us. I We literally stan you so hard. Yeah. I cannot express that more. <laughs> we should like make that into a little clip and like tag them on like H- or um Instagram and TikTok. Just Do they in- have TikTok? Just, yes. Oh my God. Yeah, they have interns. I'm so for- excited to
0: see King Kong and Godzilla. <laughs> <have> <laughs>
1: so yeah, then I watched Twenty Seven Dresses, and I forgot how much I love that movie. It is so immaculate. It's just again good vibes.
0: Who? Cool.
1: Okay. It's Katherine Heigl and James Marsden, and the- and there's this one scene. It- it's literally the enemies to lovers trope, and it makes my heart so happy. I love it so much, and there's a scene where he, they're in the bar together, and then they start singing Benny and the Jets, because they're really, really drunk, and I was just like, this is sick.
0: We love a karaoke scene. This literally doesn't
1: happen in real life, but- I
0: truly believe I will have a karaoke moment. Okay. A drunk karaoke. You probably will, too. Have you not already?
1: Not in, like, public. Okay, but soon. Hopefully. Listen, as
0: soon as- as soon as- oh, my! you also got the first vaccine.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Because I was about to say, as soon as we're all vaccinated, I'm going to have my drink, here, mm-hmm. drink, karaoke moment.
1: Um. So, yeah. James Mars and Double Feature, both of movies are such a good time. Mm-hmm. And HBO Max, I love you. It's not I love um, you
0: so much, HBO Max. Okay. It's a podcast.
1: <laughs> not if we clip this and
0: oh, okay, okay. send it to them. Um, so, I... What did I... Well, oh, okay. The, well, this is kind of like the week that we had off. Mm-hmm. So, the week that we had off, I... Forgot that I had bought tickets to South by Southwest. It's like a film festival, and it was like all online this year, so it was all on demand. Um, and I was like, okay, let's see how this goes because I'd never been to a film festival. Well, I guess I still have it, but um, well, it Beyond
1: w- Fest, that one that we went to for Baby Driver. Oh,
0: I love Beyond yeah. Fest. Okay. That's a film festival. Oh, I had so much fun at Beyond Fest.
1: Yeah, it's a good okay. time. Yeah. It's definitely directed at you. Like that is, Li- I'm the yeah. demographic. For yes, one hundred percent.
0: But anyway, so. So, South by Southwest, it has like movies that are like, I guess what they're trying to do is like, they're trying to get distributors.
1: Yeah. So, it's like kind of like the American version of Cannes. So, it's not as fancy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's definitely not as fancy. Mm. It was still a really good time.
1: Oh, yeah. It's not saying that's not a diss at all. It's just like Cannes, I feel, is very like. It's French. Yeah. It's French. French? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's French and, you know, it's really high class. But I feel like South by Southwest is like the younger sister.
0: Okay. South by Southwest is Mary-Kate and Ashley. And Cairns is Elizabeth Olsen.
1: Mm, is Elizabeth Olsen? No, I think that's the other way around. Because no. Mary, Do you know what Mary-Kate and Ashley are doing right now? They are literally fashion mobiles. Like they really? Yes. Mm. Okay, yeah, fine, I
0: think we'll it's the flappy. other way around. Okay. I think no, you know what you're doing. right. That, that does make sense because like Elizabeth Olsen is like right now.
1: Yeah.
0: So, okay. Okay, fine. I... Re- can't, whatever i just said i don't even remember anyway so i saw so many movies wow, in the yeah. span of 40 this isn't even all of them um but they're like two my top three i'm just gonna talk about those because i i don't want to like trash on any movies because honestly they were all a good time mm-hmm. um like they were all super original so it makes sense why they're there but um I'm going to talk about my top three. So my number... No, let's go backwards. So my number three was um, the Demi Lov- It's not even on here. I don't know what I'm looking at. The Demi Lovato uh, oh, documentary.
1: I watched the first few episodes that are up on YouTube right now. I sobbed. Let me tell you guys something. Oh my God. Demi Lovato was my favorite Disney star. Okay. And I have been Ride or Die for Demi Lovato. She is my Ride or Die. Like, I will always love that woman. And I will yeah. always be rooting for her. And the fact that like if you haven't watched it this is a spoiler so maybe me skip a minute advance but it's still if worth her, a watch even oh yeah definitely do it's so good. um her assistant her former assistant literally saved her life yeah if her former assistant, because the people her old team was so controlling about her they didn't even want the ambulance to be called on her drug overdose and then her assistant at the time was like i need to do something yeah. like i need to call she like yeah and if and they said that she only had like five minutes, five to ten of minutes she left. Was like brain dead. Yeah.
0: So scary. Well, uh Demi Thank you Jordan. That's yeah. The name. Oh my god. Um <laughs> but yeah. Oh, and so the way they did it at uh South by Southwest, it was like the premiere. Um they did like all four all at once. Mm-hmm. And so my mom and I were watching it. First of all, my mom is a demo of stand. Yeah. To the max. We should talk about that. And so, <laughs> and so like still right we watched it like what two weeks ago she comes home and she's like i'm still worried about demi lovato <laughs> like, she
1: literally can't drive anymore guys yeah she's yeah
0: she's not allowed
1: to drive anymore she has like blind spots yeah
0: anyway demi um we love you
1: we're rooting for you Such all a good documentary. the time
0: um and then the second one that i really really liked i don't even know okay i'm gonna say who directed this it was directed by todd stevens um and it was called swan song
1: that sounds so familiar
0: Okay, so I didn't know what it was about. A lot of these, I like, kind of just went in really blindly. Mm-hmm. It's about this guy, and he is living in a nursing I also spiraled after. Oh, I completely spiraled after all these, because a lot of them had to do with death, and I'm not okay. But yeah. So this one is, like, this guy, he lives in a nursing home now, and, like, when he was, like, younger, he was, like, the hairdresser. Like, he was the talk of the town. Mm-hmm. And so um, he is, like, not in a good place. His, like, lover died, and, like, he's just not okay. And then... finds out that his client that like had betrayed him a long time ago like passed away and in her will she wanted him to do his hair to do her hair like as the last thing but he was like i'm not gonna do it like she was she like betrayed me and went to a different whatever um i don't know if this is gonna come out i'm not gonna spoil it because honestly i like it's it's like campy sort of but he like goes on this like trek to find all the supplies that he needs for her hair and uh, did i cry maybe a little bit so good
1: i cried for demi for sure
0: oh yeah i think all of these three made me emotional yeah and then the i haven't um,
1: had a movie i kind of been avoiding movies that do that
0: to be honest like emotional
1: movies i feel like and i feel like that's why i'm so sensitive to like everything right now
0: me too and i don't know when this started i've been crying literally everything
1: yeah literally everything
0: wait did i say this already the night stalker thing yeah i think i did
1: I think so, yeah. How I
0: literally started bawling in the yeah. middle of the in front of my I, You
1: told me, but I don't think you told me. Anyway, we bit. were watching
0: the Night Soccer documentary and they were talking about this, like, lady and they told us everything about her life, like, how hard she worked to, like, be a single mom and then, like, her, I think she was, like, a business owner or something. And then, like, <laughs> okay, I can't, I'm gonna be not okay if I start talking about it. Anyway, don't watch it because it literally made me so I was upset.
1: fine. I feel like I'm the more emotional one out of the two of
0: us. Maybe before, but now I don't yeah. know what happened to me.
1: You have your heart grew, Two okay. times, whatever.
0: I think it was just very close. On anyway, so the best movie from South by Southwest, it's called The Fallout, starring our queen Jenna Ortega.
1: Oh, we oh, I've him. heard about this one. This movie is so. This great. one's definitely gonna like. Be oh,
0: one hundred percent. It won the um something award. <laughs> it's an award. I didn't. I also didn't know it was a contest. <laughs>
1: It's
2: a
0: film festival. Yeah, I just thought it was just for a good time. <laughs> for fun. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think they won. Um, Shailene Woodley's in it, Julie oh, Bowen, wow. Maddie Ziegler. Oh, yeah,
1: they're like BFS, right, or something? N- or they're Let me
0: just oh, tell okay. you. Well, I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Lovers. No, I know this movie's going to come out, so I'm not going to spoil anything. But I was, this is This is what Maddie
1: Ziegler needed after she got yes. scammed
0: by Sia. Sia, Sia. What did we just say?
1: The control is on my mind. I was listening to control in the car. That's why he says it was on the mind. Um, see ya.
0: See ya. Yeah. Sis a goddess. But Maddie definitely uh, redeemed herself 100%. Good. This movie is about um, these kids that are like, they're just at school vibing and then a school shooter comes in. You don't you never see the shoot. Okay, the way they did the school shooting scene.
1: This brilliant. is what everybody needs to be doing.
0: Yeah. I was like, oh my, it lasts maybe like three minutes. And then yeah. the movie, it's called The Fallout because it's like how different kids dealt with it. And there's the one that like kind of became like famous because like he's like the face of it now mm. and then there's the girl that like literally she does not want to deal with it at all and then it's it's just so interesting oh my god i loved it and what? the ending that was not okay i literally just sat there for like 30 minutes like trying to process I watch it so
1: bad. yeah
0: i think it'll be out soon because who directed this that's good oh megan park period I mean. Girlboss. Girl um, So, yeah, that's what we watched this week. Um,
1: that's so exciting. Yeah. I loved hearing about that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's such a good movie. So, And Jenna Ortega, we love you. Literally, we, so I cannot
1: wait for the day that we're on set together because no, we're yeah. going to be BFFs. No. Oh. I love you.
0: Jenna Ortega, when you... In like
1: a not creepy way. Like in a, in no, a, yeah. This is like in a, in a
0: besties way.
1: Yeah.
0: Or right, uh, I guess a respect... Respect... Um, Okay. Anyway, love you. Can't wait to see you in screen five or six. So let, <laughs> I don't know what just um, happened. You
1: got so excited about the possibility of about being friends with Jenna. Maybe
0: is. that's what it was. Because she's
1: so good. Like, yeah. one to watch for real. Uh-huh. If you don't know who she is, get to know who
0: she is. She was is. so good in that movie. Anyway, um, ad read time. Really good transition, huh? Great. Yeah. Okay.
1: Hey, welcome back from our nice little ad break. What's up? Um, we're joined with our three guests, our three mm-hmm. lovely guests today, um, and they're gonna go introduce themselves. So I won't. I hate when like you introduce somebody and then they have to like introduce themselves again. You know, like in class, like they'd be like, "Oh, Daniel, go ahead," and then you're like, "Oh, hi, I'm Daniel." Oh. Uh, you know what I mean? Okay, so go ahead. Sure. You know who's first? <laughs> um. Yeah, I agree.
3: I don't like doing that either, but yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Alina. I am a co-host on Colonize This and also Dear Asian Girl. Um, I am a Pakistani-American, so I am South Asian. Um, I don't know. Okay, so area of interest in the entertainment industry. I'm really passionate about directing and also production in general. Um, So yeah, I think that's what I'm interested in. I don't know.
0: No, yeah, and you're you're starting, uh, or you're you're making a documentary or something.
3: Yeah, I'm making. So, well, trying. We'll put it that way. I'm trying yeah. to make, I'm trying to make a short film and a documentary, but mm. it's who who knew making films is hard, right? So that's <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Um, but yeah. That's,
0: fun. that's so exciting, um, Serena. Oh, sorry. I mean, literally doing what you just said you don't like.
2: I'll just just
1: pause for a
2: second. Hi. Hi, my name is Serena. I am currently working in social media advertising as an editor. Um, But as for future long-term goals, I'd love to have a job that kind of just is about like the ideation process of just, I don't know, like, I just think I like a lot of things in summation, mm-hmm. but right now, social media is my groove. I love mm-hmm. it, love everything about it. It could change in like five years, who knows? But um, I am Filipino-American and I forgot what the other question was, but I am here no, and I'm ready to talk about it. <laughs>
0: <Barrett>. <laughs> um, I was literally about to say something. I oh, I was gonna say I too would like a job. That's my contribution. Oh,
1: I would love a job. I've been unemployed for like a year, so.
0: It's so exciting.
4: It's okay.
0: And then I our last guest- hope you guests- both oh, get-
4: hi. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I hope you both get jobs.
0: Thank, Thank you. you so Thank much. You. <laughs> Welcome so to much. Our Hollywood.
4: <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Zoe. Um, my interest is in visual arts, I guess. Um, I like painting like watercolor and oil that's those are like my two favorite mediums um, and I do a little bit of like cinematography work but mostly like screenplays I guess like I help my friends write for their projects um, not really that big into producing but I think it like definitely is really cool um, and I am Taiwanese but I was raised in Bulgaria so I guess I'm Taiwanese American now because I live in America now so that's where I'm at but I'm excited to be here today. <laughs> so Yo, fun.
0: Welcome to our Hollywood. Serena and Alina have been here before. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Zoe's first
1: interaction Rodeo? with us. <laughs> okay. my, my word a Rodeo. Little, a little yeah thank Aw. you. Yes I'm very un- excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: okay so i'm um, also
1: filipino-american so oh my god so you guys well i'm half filipino half white
0: yeah not the embarrassment it isn't
4: oh my god no i'm also half white sorry <laughs> i don't know if i'm supposed to say that but <laughs> <I> know, <that's
0: laughs> <prepared>. it's okay
4: <laughs> <laughs> you can claim it or not it's up to you
0: <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god my mom did like an ancestry thing and we found out that our, my, her great-grandpa was like white and he, like, did some really sketchy things. Oh. I won't go into it. Anyway, yeah. No, not like that. I just mean, like, he, like, came to America and then, like, moved to South America and changed his name to Carlos. So he was, like, uh. pretending to not be white.
1: <laughs> Whoa, he totally rejected
4: being white. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So basically, anyway. he started cultural appropriation. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, my <laughs> great great, great <laughs> grandpa. So scary. He invented it. Yeah. Anyway, so... Kim already kind of uh, introduced our topic a little bit today. Um,
1: Yeah. I don't think I told you guys why. I mean, I think it's kind of obvious why I wanted to do this. Um, But definitely this was kind of like a idea from the events that happened in Atlanta. Um, So I think that's why it was kind of on my mind a lot. And I feel like, I feel like I've just been like super emotional about it. Like I'm literally getting emotional about it right now. And it's, it's just, crazy to me how like strong, not to be girl bossy, but strong Asian women are because I feel like especially with like the stereotypes we're going to get into, I feel like the renowned thing that I've gone from it is that they're being silenced in a way. And I feel like that also kind of goes into how we are in society. I feel like a lot of Asian women that I know, especially Um, ones that immigrated directly from Asia, like, they take a lot of shit, to be honest, Mm -hmm. and they are literally fighting for their lives and fighting for their children to, like, have it better, so I think that's why it, like, resonated with me that all these women that passed
4: away, like, (laughs)
1: <laughs> I have to go through that. <laughs> it makes so sad. Yeah. So I think like it's important to have conversations about this because mm-hmm. I feel like especially Asian women are like very much not taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So I hope like having conversations like this will like, yeah. help. Mean crying.
0: <laughs> no, it's okay.
1: <laughs> but it's sad. Yeah, this is
0: gonna <laughs> get emotional at some point because like it's like what happened is literally so just like terrifying and like infuriating and every possible emotion that you can have came through when that happened. And I just, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot. So that reaction was very valid. Um,
4: (laughs) I feel like I haven't like talked about it with people yet. So it's like, Oh my God, me neither. You know, I mean, I talked a little bit with Alina about it because she's also Asian, but I'm not about to discuss this with white people. Absolutely not because the reactions I get are so unacceptable. Even people that are like my friends, like they don't know how to handle it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because they aren't Asian. And I guess, mm, I'm not gonna say that's understandable because it's not like you need to, white people get better at that. But Mm -hmm. it's just like, I don't want to put myself in that position to get hurt, even though it's not something I can put myself in. You know, like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like when people are like, "Oh, why would you put yourself in that position?" Like, what were you wearing? Da 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 da. It's like, mm-hmm. what were you talking about with your white friends? Like that shouldn't be the same thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sorry. This I know this isn't supposed to be about that, but I just mean like. No, that's okay. I'm very yeah, proud of you for sharing your thoughts, um, you. and I think it's very important that we have these conversations. So mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And I feel like a lot of it, like, especially how other people that aren't Asian handle it. And I think it's, it does tie into like what we see in the media about Asians and Asian Americans. And I feel like I think, I mean, I think that's a good place to start. I think I'm going to start with the model minority trope, because Mm -hmm. I think that's a really big reason why people are so, I don't know if like confused is the right word, but people are not are, like, kind of confused as to why all of a sudden Asians are having a problem, I guess. You know what I mean? Because I feel like this is kind of the first time, at least in my lifetime, that this has been, like, a big talked-about issue. I don't know. So the model minority trope um, is just kind of this, like, trope that Asians are, like, the most accepted, like, POCs. You know, they're most assimilated into... Um, our society, but that is because they are being kind of subservient to white people and just accommodating to that. And it's not even like, I feel like it, um, you know, how like, it comes as small as Asians get good grades. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's like the biggest thing that I saw growing up was like, oh, like Asians are so smart. Like you're good at math, like blah, blah, blah. It's just like little things that fit into this trope that you don't realize, like, make Asian people feel like they're not fitting into their own race. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any
0: sense.
1: (laughs) You know, because I I was not smart. (laughs) I was not smart like that. And I feel like (laughs) all all of us, especially when it comes to women that want to be in the creative arts, you know what I mean? In any regards, it's kind of like, oh, why would you want to do that? Why don't you study chemistry? Like, what's going on? Like... Mm -hmm did something not click for you? Like, are you even really Asian? <laughs> like, it's just super weird. I don't know if like anybody has like had experiences like that when they were in like school.
3: Um, Absolutely. Sorry to jump in. Um, I agree. I think the model minority myth is a very big example of just, and you see it reflected right now with how people are responding to the anti-Asian hate sentiment. But with the model minority myth, what's interesting is that we're like a minority that isn't that's like equated to whiteness almost because of us being seen as smart, successful because we're Asian, and so that sort of stereotype is one portrayed in the media, which I'm sure we'll get into more. Um, but my experiences, and I'll tell you all right now, I got my SAT score back today. I am not smart, so don't give me that stereotype. Me. <laughs> Do not give me that stereotype. <laughs> so um, I've so I've had experiences like that. Like I failed algebra, and people are like, "Oh, why are you not in like." Calc, you're Asian, whatever. And I think the reason why these sort of like, I'm not even going to call microaggressions, like, because it's straight up racism, Mm -hmm. these sort of actions add to how issues about anti Asian sentiment, hate sentiment, are not being taken seriously. Because when we're equated to whiteness, we are not taken seriously as a minority. Our issues are not taken seriously um, in regards to hate crimes and just. In general like internalized racism Um, and so we see that with like the women who passed away with these hate crimes people are not taking this seriously because they're like oh well they're Asian you know like since we're equated to white it's it's just like it's just a whole mess so um, I thought I'd add that in there so hopefully my point made sense but yeah
1: no I feel you I literally got admitted to college on academic probation that's how bad my SAT scores were but hey (laughs) I made it. You know, Good. you can do it. I graduated <laughs> in four years with two degrees.
0: Period. Girl boss.
1: Good. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah, let's not ever do This that is again. so
1: weird because we haven't seen each other in, like, two weeks. Oh, yeah. And we showed up all so wearing browns
2: together.
0: color scheme. It's kind of scary.
1: Anyways.
2: Um, what I was just going to say is I feel like at the root of everything, of course, like, in American culture is just the fact that white supremacy is something that upholds and it's something that resonates and it's something that makes Asians, I mean, like internalized, like hate. I'm sorry, this is just a hard topic, but um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm someone that I grew up in predominantly white towns. I went to school. I actually transferred from an area that was full of minorities into one that was predominantly white when I was in third grade and I remember it was the biggest culture shock on earth in a sense that people and people just have a hard time understanding Asians in general but I think especially being young and growing up when you're impressionable and just being constantly surrounded by people that don't look like you and don't necessarily understand you it just sets you kind of up for failure in a way because For the longest time, I had such a big sense of fear of failure, and that's something that I deal with to this day. It's because I feel like there were so many expectations that people had of me that I just couldn't meet, whether it be in school or just job-wise. And I think that, especially during the college application process, that was something I took out on myself a lot. And it was hard when you'd hear so many smart people like got into such great schools but then there would be people that say of course they got in they're Asian or if you didn't get into a good school they'd say but you're Asian and it's just kind of one of those things where your successes are kind of reduced to the fact that you are a minority and people are just like I don't it's just hard it's real. it's really hard and I wish it wasn't but um, I'm glad we're having these conversations but Um, I think it is important to note that white supremacy is something that, of course, is the root of the model minority trope. And it's kind of the fact that, like, I mean, minorities are kind of set up against each other to compete. And um, I think that is another topic in itself is the racial divide in between or intra minority racism as a whole, just because of white supremacy and pitting us against each other. sorry that wasn't eloquent i was really
1: flustered no that was
0: very eloquent it really was no and i think not to intrude but like how you were saying like uh it feels like well okay me bringing it back to tiktok i saw a tiktok that was like and i had never thought of it this way because it just white supremacy is everywhere whether you notice it or not and like white supremacy
1: oh (laughs) I thought you said, like, a name. I was like, what are you
0: talking about? <laughs> no, white supremacy. And so... No. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's what it should be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, like... Because um, you know how now we have uh, terms like like white passing and that kind of thing, and they're, like... The reason we have these things is because uh, white supremacy wants to expand the... Mm. the I guess what's the word expand the term i'm not putting this in a very smart way at all but like they want to expand what is considered white so that they can uh keep the the oh my god me completely. i get forgetting. what you're
1: saying though. does that make sense okay no, yeah. the tiktok
0: said it way better than i did and i'll post it on the instagram but it, it was basically like uh the reason that there's things like white passing is like oh but you're not a minority and like trying to take that away from some people mm-hmm. is like uh is to expand what is considered white to uphold white supremacy. There you go. That sounded a lot smarter. Me literally writing my essays. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get my word counted now. Yeah.
1: I do think it's interesting like what you like how microaggressions and on just racism mm-hmm. that is passed microaggression. Um and like this what how you're saying like oh if you didn't get into good school then like how like you're oh, Asian. No. I, I think it's like i me forgetting my point of thought because I what was like, I was like, I was trying to get what you were saying so oh. hard, but I forgot what I was going to go on about.
0: There's like lack of air in here.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm breathing. <laughs> no, genuinely, because I think it's like, I do think this topic is really hard because like, I didn't grow up with a lot of Asian people in my life. Because mm-hmm. I grew up in Virginia at first. And then when I was like nine, I moved to California. And because I don't look necessarily blatantly Filipino, you know, like I get told that I look very racially ambiguous, I guess, but I'm definitely not white passing. I don't really know. But you people, a lot of people that aren't Filipino can't tell that I'm Filipino. I just get like, I get Hispanic or Native American, whatever, but I like, it's really weird because I never felt like I had a place Okay. i guess because you know how like a lot of times you kind of just group yourselves with people that look like you yeah so especially when you're young and the nobody knows what the fuck they're doing so i think it it really hurt like my identity and that's kind of why i rejected like accepting my asianness mm-hmm. i guess and it makes me sad because i feel like i'm catching up on learning about my culture and I think that sucks. I think especially because my mom, I'm a first generation American on my mom's side. So I feel like when, because my mom came here when she was like 20 years old or something, or 19, um, they obviously, when you come here, you want to assimilate into American culture because that's why you're coming to America. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it just kind of gets lost in like teaching the culture that you have because you were trying to kind of get away from it and accept this American ideology you know yeah so it's hard and especially be especially Filipino culture because it's been damn colonized to fucking extinction it's so hard to understand like what is going on with my culture and it sucks because What I do know about it, it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it sucks. (laughs) Fuck, fuck colonizer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm gonna cry so much. I literally haven't talked to people in like two weeks, guys. Like.
0: Maybe it's like a mix of that. It's just the first time these emotions are coming out and words. Yeah. Cause they were just like all.
1: Mm -hmm. It's all in your head. And I think it's hard to like express it again because of all these stereotypes that are put Mm -hmm. upon us. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so did you want to talk about it before we go too far off of the model minority?
4: Um, yeah, I was just going to say that, like, I also didn't grow up in a lot of predominantly Asian spaces. Um, I was raised in Eastern Europe, which is pretty racially homogenous. And then I moved to uh, America, which is also very white. Um, <laughs> so I like always felt like I had to fit into um Like Sierra said, um, like a box or uh, kind of uh, this idea or perception that other people had of me. Um, And like up to like ninth grade, I would like, I was the Asian kid that would like do the fake accent and like make cat jokes. Like it was terrible because like I hated myself, literally. And I'm going to cry too. Oh my God. Like, (sighs) It's okay. I think this is like a safe <laughs> space to cry. Everyone cries on Zoom? <laughs> we, we all cry on Zoom. Um, yeah. But, like, I wanted to be white so bad. Woo! Sorry. <laughs> um, and I, like, did the same thing where I wasn't able to learn about who I really was because I so badly wanted to have friends. And like the people that wanted to be friends with me were people that wanted me to be the Asian friend or like people that wanted me to just like act white. So I wasn't able to like be what I really was, if that makes sense. Um, And even like now, like white people are threatened by me because I finally found myself and I feel like I'm finally getting closer to like learning about who I really am and like being able to express my culture, um, and like so many white people will literally just not hang out with me because they're threatened by that, and I think that's like white supremacy and white fragility being blatantly like expressed through those people, and even though they like don't say things that are racist, like that is literally racist to be like oh this makes me uncomfortable and I'm not going to be friends with you because of your race and they do it to like black kids too and to like everybody and it's terrible like that's why so many of my like my other people of color friends like have such a toxic experience with like going to public school because of like shit like that, you know, where like you are under this insane amount of pressure all the time to fit into like whatever is the norm. So I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to like. Okay. Go yeah, off yeah. the rail, but yeah, thanks. I think it's crazy, too,
1: because I I like a lot of people feel like they need to like assimilate into like white culture. But the weird thing is about white culture is that they're taking everything from other cultures. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's so weird that that happens. You're literally whitewashing other people's culture and then using it as a weapon at the culture you stole it from. It's so... Like that. What is
0: the thought process there?
1: Make it make sense. And I think this, I want white people to listen to this so bad. And I think a lot of times white people get super defensive Mm -hmm. when we're saying white people, but it's like, Listen to what all of yeah. you, what you've done for the past thousands of years, like you have purposefully minimized cultures and mm-hmm. colonized cultures and taken things and we're just kind of showing you the mirror like it. How is that being rude that we're just trying to express like how you're making yeah. us feel and
0: Literally, the fact that you're yeah.
1: you're just trying to villainize us for expressing our anger. It's just crazy.
0: It's Yeah, it's really frustrating, I think. <laughs> Go ahead, Zoe. <laughs> <So recent. laughs>
4: Thank you. I did raise my hand because I, like, you were saying something, so I didn't want to interrupt. But <laughs> I was going to say, like, that's so true. And I think it's so normalized with even, the like, the smallest thing can set us off. I mean, me, personally, because I know, like, this is like, obviously I'm not speaking on behalf of everyone. And I hate how I have to preface that. Like everybody should just know that like we have individual thoughts, you know, but every white person I've ever met, even my closest friends, even my dad has like, at least once made me feel unsafe because of my race. Mm -hmm. And that's like, you know, we need to, that needs to not happen. I don't know if like, that's just me because of like where i've lived or the people i've chosen to be around but like that really is very terrible that you always have to like pre-assess to make sure that you can like say something or do something um you know or else you'll get i don't know
0: yeah i don't think i
4: explained that correctly but you know no no no.
0: it it makes perfect sense it feels like you have to You like you're walking on eggshells around
4: white
0: people, especially
1: when it's your family members. Because I've definitely (laughs) had to deal with that. Because I grew up around my white family. Me and my mom were the only brown people around, Mm. and like it, it sucked. Especially when it's from your family. I've had family members call me Chinese and make Chinese jokes at me, and I'm like, what is going on? I'm literally not Chinese, and like they would make eating dog jokes to me, and I'm just like, what? going on and I think that also made me want to push away my Asian identity and that's it sucks especially when it's your own family members doing that because then you think somehow it's okay because that's your family and you're supposed to love them unconditionally go ahead Serena
2: sorry I had to unraise my hand for a second um (laughs) but I mean going back to like what you're saying, like I feel, sorry, I lost a train of thought of trying to figure out how to raise it again. I think it really just like comes down to the fact that like we, like especially growing up in predominantly like white cities, as I mentioned, like people get really comfortable being racist around you and being racist to you just because it's like it's almost like they associate you with white people. So they're just like, oh, you're one of us. You're not like them. Like we're talking about those Asians or we're talking about Mm. those people, not you in particular, but it's like they have no idea that their jokes and like their gestures directly affect and like are directly things that people in your life and people that you love that are Asian can relate to. Like there's so many times like, microaggressions, such as like, I remember even in college in a time that, of course, you'd think, oh, yeah, like the late 2010s and like 2020, like people would know better, but they genuinely don't like there's so many times that like people will be like, OK, like, let's take a funny photo mm-hmm. and then they instantly go with their hands to the eyes and they make their Asian eyes. And then, but they just never think, they never think, oh, that's offensive. Oh, we're making fun of Asians. They think, oh, we're just making a silly face. But I'm like, how are my eyes considered silly? How are people I know and love's eyes silly to you? Um, Alina, take it away, girl. (laughs) Take it away. (laughs) 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 No, I was just going to say, because,
3: I mean, my hand food in my mouth when you said people are like using that as like a silly pose, that's so fucked up. I don't know if I can swear on he- the yeah, podcast, yeah. but I li- mm, okay, cause ahead. I swear so much, I literally cannot. It's We're like, crying and swearing it's really on
0: more Hollywood. <laughs> uh,
3: perfect, Always. I love it. Great environment for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, like for me, I grew up in Idaho um, all my life for 16 out of my 17 years of life. So I've been, it's been normalized to me to be in a racially homogenous area for all my life. And one thing that I've noticed, and I've experienced this is a, a, a microaggression, but it's literally just racist. Um, one thing that I've noticed that's become so normalized to me is when, and this is for all people of color, I think, but when you're interested in someone, you're like, you always have to question, well, do they like Asian girls? Do they like brown girls? Like, do they yeah. like women of color? <laughs> or do they like <laughs> Asian
4: girls a little too much?
3: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That was, a, that was a, mm, That's happened before, but we don't need it yeah, anyways. <laughs>
0: Zoe and I shared experience
3: (laughs) um anyway so yeah it's it's bad um it's always the white boy who's obsessed with World War II also (gasps) I have to mention that it's always it is it literally always is I don't know anyways sorry I'm like going on to another rant but like for me like I was into this one guy and he was actually Iranian so he was also brown so I was like we were like hitting it off whatever and then he talks to my cousin and he's like your cousin's cool but I'm not into brown girls and I was like okay pause for a second and so for me like I share similar experiences with y'all in a sense where it's like it just becomes so normalized in our culture that even we are now normalizing it ourselves because it's just become we become like used to it and I think going back to the whole media thing because I'm obsessed with connecting shit back to media um but it starts with like like um Asian women's portrayal in media, and I know you all have like a lot of topics on this, but one being that we're never seen as like the beauty standard, or if we are, it's a form of like fetishization. So for me, I've never growing up, I've never seen like someone who looks like me on screen that is like the love interest or the, cu- or the cute girl or the cool girl, whatever. And so we're all consuming the same media that these white boys are right so it's like they're getting this shared perspective that oh only white girls are attractive or only whatever right and that women of color aren't attractive they're like portrayed as the nerd like asian girls are the nerd whatever
4: all these stereotypes or like a comfortable item you know i feel like because it's like i'd rather you just leave me alone than try to colonize me Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. i don't know yeah
3: so anyways, I'm sorry. go ahead, no I'm done. I, I can rant forever.
2: Go, <laughs> go ahead go ahead <laughs> um, to your point, I was gonna say there was a tweet that I once saw that was like, um, a what it was something along the lines of like, did you always think that you were ugly or did you just grow up going to schools a school around white people? And I think that's such a crazy point what you were saying about is like when you do. <laughs> When you do have a crush on, like, a white guy, and then you ask yourself, like, will you even think I'm cute? Like, will you mm-hmm. even, like, be interested in me? And I think, like, mm-hmm. especially because, like, I went to school surrounded by, like, a bunch of white people, a thing that was, that what always happened to me is, like, I always felt like the person I wanted ended up with the white girl.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, like, in many ways, I felt like I shrunk my- myself down to kind of just be a more white version of myself and like it's so difficult as an Asian American to feel like to truly belong because you're too white for your Asian peers Mm -hmm. but you're also too Asian for your white ones so you just are kind of at this like nexus of identity that just like you don't really have a place to belong because you don't even truly accept yourself Mm
1: -hmm. and like
2: I think it's just like oh man it feels so good just hearing other people talk about this stuff because like I mean I'm really fortunate that like I do have like friends that like I'll try to explain this stuff to and they're very receptive of it but at the same time it's like hearing it and and like understanding it at an arm's distance is just very different from actually experiencing it and like I'm just happy
1: to be here. <laughs> no, literally, when you said that, I literally like, put my hands in my mouth. And I was like, I'm realizing things. I'm realizing things. Things are literally connecting. What the hell? It is crazy like that we feel like we have to minimize ourselves to fit into these stereotypes because that's the only way white people or any people are seeing Asian women. That is absolutely bonkers, love. <laughs> I hate that. What the hell? anyways I think going into the next stereotypes because I think we kind of touched on it I think Alina kind of touched on it uh, that like you only kind of fit into two bubbles in that um, in academia has been (laughs) put as the dragon lady and the lotus blossom slash china doll stereotype that second one has a lot of different names but the dragon lady being like the seductive temptress seen as a threat to like white protagonists and that in these films and tv shows that the white protagonist has to kind of (laughs) colonize this seductress into like making her do what he wants and to get what he wants which is crazy and poor miss anime wong Mm -hmm. girl we love you (laughs) I'm so sorry that you had to portray this Dragon Laney and this Lotus Blossom stereotype perpetually. It makes me so sad yeah. and she deserves so much better. Literally. And the Lotus, Lotus Blossom China doll one is kind of like the delicate seen as helpless. If you know um, Miss Saigon, it's kind of like, um, oh, this helpless woman, Asian woman, and the white man comes to save her and liberate her through his whiteness. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. A big culprit
0: of like <laughs> these stereotypes is like action and adventure movies marketed towards men. For example, Indiana Jones.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, and just um Scott
4: Pilgrim versus the World. That movie sucked so bad. It makes me so sad.
1: I didn't realize Sorry. it because I rejected my Asianness so hard. I didn't even realize like myself was a
4: victim. <laughs> I didn't realize that until she very was recently. seventeen yes there was no nobody had any problem with that yeah and, i didn't uh, yeah, have a problem
1: I, with that that was my favorite movie for such a long yeah. time like i openly was like yeah this is my favorite <sighs> fucking movie i was yeah no justice for knives she she really didn't need that really i think in the comics they ended up together too mm-hmm. anyways i was a stan and i feel very regretful about that phase of my life because it was hard it was very hard um but I, yeah, it's super weird because those are kind of like the only two types of Asian women that we see. Mm-hmm. And it also leads into just like them being seen as sex objects, which is. And I think the thing that I read, it was like a UCLA article, um, it was saying this is really harmful because it's very two opposite sides of the spectrum and there leaves literally no middle ground so it's like you have these two things to identify with and they both are shitty and very polarizing and if you don't fit in between that well here's some
4: uh, psychological turmoil Mm -hmm. I guess. Definitely and I see that a lot oh sorry I didn't mean to cut you off Alina but I see that a lot within the Asian community as well like I've heard other women like say to me, oh my God, Zoe, why are you so loud? Like, you know, guys don't like that, right? And I'm like, first of all, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> also, um, you know that there are like individuals, right? Like I don't have to be loud or quiet. I can just be a person. I don't know. So it's kind of like we're like putting those stereotypes onto ourselves because that's what we're expected to be. And even other Asian women like will tell, like each other to be like hey you should be more this or more that just mm-hmm. and in the end it's all to appeal to the white man i don't know it's mm-hmm. just annoying because and going back to the model minority myth it's like they get to decide when we're asian and when we're white and when they want us and when they don't so like mm-hmm. pretty much it just take the power whole, away yeah know. pretty much our identity and like individuality is reduced down to how other white people perceive us but take it away Lena.
3: Um, yeah, I agree. And I think one thing that's really important to recognize also with stereotypes is they can also cause so much more like harm than people realize. Like when I complain about stereotypes in the media, I feel like a lot of the time white people will be like, oh, it's just a joke or it's just some little silly little movie role. No, it's not. It can cause so much more shit because if you really think about it, the stereotype that Asian women are submissive or need to be colonized by a white man is linked to white supremacy. I read an article from the New York Times that shows that the alt-right has an obsession with Asian women. It's a fetish that they have with Asian women because they're portrayed as um, submissive or women who need to be dominated. And that's what we saw with the shooting in Atlanta, that this man was a white supremacist and he had fetishized Asian women, East Asian women specifically, and was like, oh, I need to dominate them. So that's what he, that his, um, his actions were a direct result of his fetishization of these women and I swear the only way that this man sees Asian women portrayed as submissive was through the media and one example alongside that I have the article pulled up that I was talking about but it's I'll send it to you guys in case you want to link it anywhere but it's called the alt rights Asian fetish and it mentions this Filipino Filipino woman who's an influencer like mtv personality her name is tila tequila i believe and mm. she's literally yeah <laughs> y'all know yeah. What I'm talking about? she's literally married to one of the biggest white supremacists ever and he, and one of the quotes actually from this article is that um let me read it out for y'all um alt-right so this was on an alt-right forum it says exclusively dating asian women is practically a white nationalist rite of passage so it's so ingrained in this culture and also in our society. So I want to like go out there and mention that these stereotypes in media are not just damaging in the short run. It's, it's literally damaging in the long run as well, because it's, it's linked to hate crimes, you guys. It's literally linked to hate crimes. So thought I would mention that. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. And like you said, like there's evidence to back this up. This isn't like yeah. we're just throwing this out there on our little pot. Like, there's literally yeah. evidence that like in the, this. Like,
1: in the intro before this, the Diet Prada Instagram post that went viral mm-hmm. that had a bunch of um, clips from movies. And I think the biggest one that – I didn't even realize this was from this movie, but it's Full Metal Jacket, and, the like, when they have the prostitute come up to the two guys in the military, and she's just, like, prostituting, you know? And I didn't realize that that's where that, I don't even want to fucking say it. The, I don't even want to say it. I don't want to say it. I've really
0: never heard of that movie. If
1: you just go to diet underscore Prada and look at like the second little turnstile full metal jacket, listen to what she says. And I remember people saying these phrases, like it's, it's sexualized phrases of, in um, broken English, basically. And yeah it just makes me so uncomfortable I don't even want to say it um and I remember people making jokes about that growing up and I never realized that's what it's from and it it's really gross it's um is it the
2: line where she says oh me so horny
1: yeah I didn't oh. want to say it It makes me so uncomfortable I'm just want to gag but I'm glad you have the strength to say. It. No,
2: it was literally just because it was thrown around so much as a kid that I had no yeah, idea I where it was I heard that a lot. From. I didn't know where it was from either. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's the thing. I didn't even, for some reason, it didn't even click with me that I was an Asian woman just because it was so cartoonish that I was like, oh, mm-hmm. they're just being funny. Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, yeah.
2: when, like, people are being racist, like, blatantly. Like, when you're surrounded so often, it, that's why people are like, oh, that's so funny. That's like, it's not funny. Mm-hmm. It really, like... But um, to what you were saying earlier about about, like the alt-right and like Asian women, I think that's as like, especially during this time more than ever, dating during a pandemic is like you're literally just dating on Hinge or like Bumble (laughs) or Tinder, no sponsorship, whatever, but just (laughs) shamelessly plugging that in. But that's the thing, like it's so horrifying because you just never know. What person you're going to match with on the site that actually fetishizes Asians? Like, for example, mm-hmm. my sophomore year of my sophomore year of college, um, there was a guy that I was interested in that he went to he went to I was going to say her school name. He went to California Lutheran University, <laughs> <laughs> but he graduated he graduated um, before us, and so like I came across him on Tinder because that's when Tinder was still a little bit you know, a little bit more appropriate. Um, but I watched him on Tinder and um, I remember like going to his house and just seeing like that he had like anime sweatshirts like
1: action I knew we were going like, to full circle around this. I knew we were going to get to this.
2: And like I I, um, I remember like one night I like went over and he was like oh watch this show with me and it happened to be an anime and I had never seen an anime before and like my thing is is like I at that time was like there's something off like his ex-girlfriend is Asian she has balayaged blonde hair like me and like I just was like something just feels so wrong and like I just for the I mean the fact that I was literally like what 19 and still just had no idea that I was being fetishized by a white dude and like it took me like so long to finally realize like what was going on and it makes me just so angry. And like, of course it's not fair to blame myself, but it's like, you can't help it, but, but like taking a se- like a step back and being like, wow, I genuinely liked this person and I was just like a trophy to them. And like, I mean, it's just crazy now because like looking at like his track record too, I'm like, damn, you follow a lot of Asian girls on Instagram that look a lot like me. <laughs> um,
1: but I, it just makes but they don't see the wrong in that either. Know. They don't even realize that they're fetishizing Asian women. They don't. They're just like, like, oh, like that's, that's my type. My...
4: But it's yeah, like- or like, or like, is that really the worst thing that could happen? Like, yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> they're like, uh, you, should no. be,
4: like you, should be, you should be so lucky. Like, um, shut the fuck mm-hmm. up. No. But, like, Literally. That's- That's the
2: thing, though, like I I mean, I'm Filipino. I like get darker also in the summers. And so, I mean, especially at our university, like people would always come up to me like after breaks. And I remember there was a night where I was super drunk and we were just all sitting in someone's garage. And then this white guy just he's a very strong Trump supporter, by the way, may I add, (laughs) he just looks at me and he goes, Serena, you're looking real dark. And I just sat there for a second and I was like, okay, yeah, it was summer. Like, cool. Like, yeah, thanks. It was I've been tanning. And then he goes, No, Serena, you're looking real dark. And then people started chiming in and going, yeah, you're looking real dark, and I was just, like, so confused, because I was, Mm. like, what the hell is going on, and then I just remember all at once, like, I was just, like, wait, what, and then the guy goes, no, 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 don't worry, it looks real good, and then everyone else is just, like, nodding in agreement, and I was just sitting there, and I was just, like, like I've never felt so alone like the fact that people can smile at you and look at you and like think that they're complimenting you but like they're just making you uncomfortable and like the fact that it's like pointing out my like my skin color like that just like pushes it to a limit that's like okay like I don't know what to do I I like don't know what to do
1: yeah guys let's normally not done like,
3: um <laughs> religiously
1: yeah let's normalize just like not commenting on people's bodies and the way they look let's just stop doing that period you just keep it to yourself Mm -hmm. just a passing thought you know just don't because it's harmful like in any degree like if if you're commenting on anything you don't know how someone's gonna take it you know what i mean so it's it's just don't and it creates like insecurities like maybe that person never
4: noticed yeah you're pointing out things uh, what are you doing yeah let's just keep it to ourselves yeah uh I think the way I've had multiple white men tell me that I have beautiful eyes, like I know that's something you say to people, but if you're white and I'm Asian and you say that to me, that's just kind of uncomfortable because like mm. Mm, and it's not even you have beautiful eye color. Like I've literally have men like I've had men tell me like wow your eye shape is so unique. <laughs> no, no it's not (laughs) shut the
2: fuck up What they call it exotic they go oh my god your eye shape is so exotic oh and And then but the thing is when you're just like like when you don't realize what it is like sometimes you're like who me (laughs) (laughs) you're like oh or like it's so funny that you said like your eyes are so beautiful because sometimes when people say that like but I'm like they're brown. Like I mean, I love no, my That's eyes. what like, I
1: say. I I'm like, oh, I'm they're like- brown though. Like what's going <laughs> oh on? I'm like they're dark brown. You want to <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah, exactly. Older? Like, oh
2: my <laughs> God. So freaking funny. I'm like,
4: ooh, Rick. Or like, oh, or the white people that are like, I'm gonna take a guess of like what kind of Asian you are based off your eye shape. Like, no, you're not. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I hate that game. I've gotten so
3: many different races. Like, it's really bad. Like, people have called me... I've gotten Indian before, which I get it, and Pakistani, similar, whatever. I've gotten Chinese before. I've gotten Native American before. I've gotten Hispanic. I've gotten everything. So, to all the white people listening, let's not play that fucking game, okay? Mm -hmm. That's not a a good game to play with people of
1: color. So, Mm -hmm. sorry. Had to add that. (laughs) Yeah. I... And I think that leads into like the first, like the question, like I I had like um, has there been a time in a situation when someone said something offensive about that minimized Asian culture and how did that make you feel and like, how did you handle it? I think maybe we could like touch upon, like how it made us feel about like being Asian, Mm -hmm. because I feel like a lot of us have felt like we've needed to like hide that part of ourselves, even though it's like, that's just how we are. That's like, that's literally how we exist. Um, I, don't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I had an idea and then I don't remember right now.
0: Like an example?
4: Yeah. Should we go in a circle? <laughs> I have a lot to say about this. Go ahead, okay. go ahead. If somebody else has something to say, they can go ahead. Um, I think what's really angering for me is like the raising – like the increase in trend of like spirituality and how it's literally just Buddhism and Hinduism, but in a more comfortable way, I guess, Um, because um, I grew up Buddhist in a predominantly Christian space. And a lot of people would always like freak out and be like, oh my gosh, what? You believe in multiple gods? And they'd like call Buddha fat and all these like disrespectful things. Where, like and I just wouldn't tell people anymore, and I like tried, like I tried to just not be Buddhist anymore. And now all these like white girls are burning incense mm-hmm. and like, they literally have like Buddha statues in their bathroom, and it, that just really annoys me. I don't know because it's mm-hmm. like how can you how can you hate it, and then now when it's convenient for you, you love it. Same as
0: like, decoration, food.
4: Like, they literally hated our food, and now they love it. So I don't know. Oh my God. I'm sure everybody else has yeah. something to add. But. Yeah, I think um, going off of
1: that, like, I think, yeah, like, Asian food is, like, now, like, the biggest trend, which is so weird. But, like, I remember, like, a lot of people would come with, like, Asian meals from home, and they would get made fun of because it smelled weird, and it looked weird because it's not a fucking ham sandwich. Like, I'm eating good over here. And you're eating a ham sandwich with mayonnaise. (laughs)
4: Uh, Yeah, like, have you ever heard of seasoning? I don't know. Maybe put some. I don't know.
0: It's like bologna Uh, sandwich. Yeah.
4: What's that weird smell? Is that like (laughs) uh, paprika? That's spicy. Oh, my God. The amount of white Um, people that think paprika is spicy (laughs) angers me. Sorry, go ahead, (laughs) No, I
3: can't stop laughing at that. Fucking ham sandwich, literally. um, Yeah. For me, this is kind of, in air quotes, an unconventional sort of response to this question. Um, But something that I've experienced as, like, someone who's South Asian is not even being considered Asian. So, for example, like, I'm Pakistani, so people would either... So, the amount of times that I'd be like, oh, like, making an Asian joke because I'm literally Asian, and someone would be like, well, you're not actually Asian, though. And I'd be like, I would know if I'm Asian because I'm literally Asian. Like, I've had multiple people, like, question my... Asian-ness because I don't look Asian and then that's a whole nother racist stereotype to get into but for me because since I'm Pakistani I'm I'm either considered Indian basically or I'm basically considered not Asian so it's like I'm never just my own race or ethnicity I'm just never considered Asian if that makes sense and I think that's something that not a lot of people in the activism realm you could say recognize is that a lot of South Asians, and I, I obviously can't speak out of the Southeast Asian experience, but in terms of South Asian, are never considered Asian, period, like at all. So that's been my experience um, in regards to people questioning my Asian-ness. Um, and that's something that I deal with on a daily basis, like having to explain geography to someone. Like, I am from Pakistan. Pakistan is here. This is in Asia, and that is South Asia. I am Asian. So it drives me insane because... I'm just, I'm never, like, considered part of the discussion when it comes to, like, Asian-ness or, like, Asian activism, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I've dealt with countless times, and people just need to take a geography class, honestly, mm-hmm. because I'm done teaching them geography. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that's my sort of
1: I never I never even noticed that I did that, because like, when people would assume my ethnicity or something, and then I would have to be like, oh, no, I'm Asian, I'm Filipino, and I felt like I had to brace myself for, like, a mood change or something. Like, how weird is that, that you have yeah. to, like, be kind of... You're not, like, proud to say where you're from, and I feel like that is just really weird, and it's something I never noticed until literally right this second, that, that I would be like, yeah, I'm
4: Filipino. Or, like, I like, save my whole chest, you know what I mean? <laughs> sorry, I just... um. My mom and I, like, when I was younger and we would walk down the street, um, we'd always get called, like, people would just yell at us and be like, Chinese. They just yell that. Like, okay. Um, First of all, we're not Chinese, but okay. And then, like, my mom, I don't know how she had the balls, but she'd be like, no, actually, I'm from Taiwan. But good try. And I was (laughs) like, but, um, It was, yeah, it was really funny, but also, like, when I was a kid, I I got so uncomfortable because, like, what am I supposed to do? And I I think that was really
3: Mm -hmm. um,
4: cool of my mom to just, like, break that stereotype because they expect you to just, like, cry and and keep walking or, like, Mm -hmm. you know, get uncomfortable and keep walking, which is acceptable. That's completely valid. And Mm -hmm. if that's what you do and that's how you cope, that's understandable. And, like... Yeah, it's an awkward situation to be in. Yeah, but... Like, I think the fact that she, like, didn't give a fuck and was like, you know what, man, learn your geography. (laughs) Um, That was really cool. So I admire her for that. But, like, I think it's also so angering how they just, like, white people will do and say anything and then just expect people of color and like Asian people to just move on. Obviously, I can only speak from the Asian perspective, but like people will like say the like most terrible things and then be like, oh, well, you know, I didn't really mean it like that. Like, yes, you did. You said it like that. So you meant it like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like expressed that correctly, but. <laughs> no, you did. Oh, something I was thinking about when you're talking about spirituality
1: and like people Whitewashing incense and literally Buddhist and Hinduist Hindu um, religion, I think sometimes people just get caught up because it's so easily accessible now, and I I get that you can get caught up in things and whatever it's cool, it smells good, whatever you're whatever you're trying to do, but I think at some point you realize that it is from you realize the origins of it. And it's okay to learn about it later as long as you're taking the time to learn about whatever you're consuming is from, you know, Mm -hmm. because I was so stupid. Everything revolves around TikTok nowadays. (laughs) But I remember seeing this girl talking, a a white woman talking about Gua Sha, which is a very popular Chinese um, tool now that helps give you a drawing. Um, But it's, it's an ancient practice. And it's not being taken like seriously and this woman was saying how it you need to and you need to support these small businesses that have originated it and respecting the culture and understanding where it comes from and that's the difference between culture appreciation and appropriation which i don't think people get and it's like all this stuff is so easily accessible to us like especially everything now is on instagram and cute little Infographics, like it's really not that hard to get the information and Googling things and finding uh, small businesses that are teaching the actual ancient practices of these things. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that hard. I get it's like you, you get caught up in it, but you need to appreciate the culture rather than appropriate. And I feel like our uh, consumer culture and how we consume media, it's just so too fast that we don't get to appreciate where yeah. things come from. And I think that's like the toxic part of this stuff, because yeah. it's great that people are like participating in it, but they're buying it from like mass produced, unethically produced places, which is not the its not the move. It's, no. not, it's not the vibe. Um.
2: to um to like um alina and zoe like both touched on this but because of kim like you said like how everything is just kind of readily available for us like for example like going back to like people making fun of like asian eyes but now the fox eye trend is so big um, and I think it's just one of those things where it's just so popular that people just kind of forget what it's rooted in. And I feel like sometimes people just need a reality check. But when they're given that reality check, they just get super offended by it.
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is a good question that I just came up with right now. How do you feel about influencers that do these trends? They pose with their, their hands on their eyes. A lot of them do it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them like they'll pose they'll have things that are you know i feel like unif or img or something they have things that are inspired by chinese culture in their fashion and how does that make you like feel like and especially when especially influencers and companies when things against the api community happen and they're literally radio silent about it
4: um i don't know if I can answer this, like, directly, but I just wanted to, like, bring up, like, another instance of, like, cultural appropriation,
3: because
4: mm-hmm. one, like, a couple of months ago, I went to this, like, um vintage thrift store that was owned by uh two white men, I think, I think they were, like, friends or something, or in a relationship, I don't know, but they owned the store, and there was a lot of, like, 60s-inspired American clothing, you know, like, kind of Marilyn Monroe type of stuff and like um, Jackie Kennedy type of fashion which is really cool and then I look over and I see this section and it's like a, an Asian section and it's just a whole rotating rack of qipao and which is like the traditional Chinese garment that people wear the mm-hmm. one that has like the slit you know. Mm-hmm. And it's often really sexualized amongst Western media. And it just made me really uncomfortable because um, it was like this whole section of just like a bunch of different like, and I think some of it was even like Japanese and some of it was Vietnamese because I didn't recognize most of like the cuts. And I think it's just like, why do they group us together in this like monolith? And also why are they selling that (laughs) <laughs> when it's literally not something that they know about. I don't know. That just maybe I'm reaching. But that like was something that made me really uncomfortable. Mm. And I was there with my white friends and I like almost started crying because they didn't see anything wrong with that. And I had to like, <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I, think it, I
1: think it's weird when they do that because they're not even understanding that there is cultural meaning behind it. And it's a difference. I feel like when you have like a little like, I feel like they could have done something if they wanted to sell that. Cause you know, like I get like repurposing clothes. Like I'm definitely all for that, but you're not even, I mean, people are just buying it because they think it's cute, but you're mm-hmm. not, you could easily have like a little infographic or like stand talking about the cultural significance and why people wear this and what for, but you're not even doing that. And I feel like that's such a simple thing to do yeah. if you were going to sell that. But I mean, like, I feel like you shouldn't cause it has cultural meaning. <laughs> um, But I think with the influencer things I feel like I recently I'm not gonna call anybody out directly but there has been quite a few of influencers and like youtubers especially that I haven't followed recently because they are have been radio silent on these issues and especially I don't know and it's it's hard because it I don't even know okay go ahead Serena I was like irritated.
2: Um, what I was going to say about influencers in general, I think it goes back to the fact that they kind of lack um, a sense of accountability, especially when they're called out on the fact that they have appropriated an- another culture or that they have stolen from a small business that is owned by a BIPOC. Um, the best example is someone that would probably sue us if we said her name in this podcast because she is just that girly. She's basically just, like, this blonde... Or not blonde. She's, like, this brunette girl that's from New York. Very, like, affluent. She has, like... We were a bunch of right. followers on Instagram. Um, she's, like, stolen from multiple BIPOC brands. And, like, literally, like, there is proof. There are receipts. She will contact the brands directly. Her team will contact them. And then she'll take the items as her own and she'll say look at this really cute like gym short set that i created or like totally like inspired by myself It makes she, me kind of sad.
1: Because I really do like that white girl. I think her videos are so calming.
4: I always knew there was something off about her. Yeah. I know. Right, I, right. I knew it in my bones. But, you know, I just like her little... You quir- can never t- touch t- the white person. You
3: can yeah. t- it's t-
4: always t- good t- to t- hope t- that one of them will be different. But <laughs> will <they> literally... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going <glad laughs> to have this venting session about these <laughs> no, but, white influencers.
4: But that's it's
2: just so disappointing. Because, like, I understand that, like... Sometimes not everyone has the right thing to say, but I feel like saying nothing of course is saying something in itself that shows that you're just comfortable in your whiteness. Mm -hmm. Everything is fine for you, so you're acting okay. Like there are so many people with this like recent tragedy that I feel like aren't saying anything versus like, unfortunately with like the Black Lives Matter, movement over the summer, a lot of people were just doing the opposite and kind of doing performative activism yeah. in the sense where they were posting black squares or they were saying things that just like were not, it was very just like white saviorism mm-hmm. at that point. But yeah. now it's like they're not saying anything
1: at all. Yeah. And like it I don't let like- highlight on their Instagram page and then we're radio silent after yeah. June. Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't want to like, of course, like throw
2: BLM into the mix at all because that is just like a very, very important movement and I feel like I don't want like the mm. issue is is like people feel like they can only focus on one thing and they kind of are like speak up for the Asian community like you spoke up for like Black Lives Matter. Don't do that. Mm. Don't do that. Like that's just also pitting minorities against each other also because it's like you can't like don't capitalize on like another movement that is so important so crucial and there's so much work to be done and then undermine it by saying okay like talk about us too or like talk Mm -hmm. about them too and the thing is it's a a lot of people that aren't even Asian that are also saying that yeah just creates like just like this weird vibe of like come on like it's cool to care it's cool to care about everyone but you don't have to throw other movements and
1: other groups of people under the bus. Exactly. It's not like you, but you can have the brain capacity to focus on multiple social justices at a time. Yeah. I
0: don't know why you're pitting everyone's.
1: Yeah. One issue at a time. Like, yeah. it's, that's not how it works. We got to work together on everyone's issues, guys. Yeah.
4: Um, go ahead, Zoe. Um, I was just going to say that the amount of people that I know in my life that were like posting like, you know, the Instagram infographics and like, literal videos of people getting beaten up um first of all i don't think that's effective at all um Mm -hmm. and like that just makes me sick to see like another asian person getting um violently uh targeted because of their race and i think they like a lot of white activists did that too with black lives matter just posting people getting killed for no reason so like I just personally have a really big problem with that. And obviously I'm not trying to speak on behalf of the whole BIPOC community, but also another thing is the white girls especially will post those infographics and then they won't actually care about real people and real individuals. Like I had zero white people reach out and ask me how I was doing. It was my black friends. It was Alina. It was people who understood and people who actually went through that and When I reached out to my white friends, I was like, do you guys not care? Like, do you not know that this, like, is taking a personal toll on people right now? They were like, well, we just don't want to say anything racist. Um. Okay, if you don't want to say anything racist, just don't say anything racist. I don't know why it's that hard for you. Like, I think something so important is, for me personally, I would rather you say something wrong than say nothing at all. Because you're having that dialogue yeah you're opening you're gonna, yourself up to that yeah and then you're op and and don't get defensive when people correct you um because first of all, it's not my job to correct you, and if I am, you sh- should take that very seriously and like if you're gonna post infographics and you're gonna be an activist, you need to actually care about real people and not just like put up uh you know your your social uh like mask yeah. to make people know that you're woke, you have to actually care. And like to some extent I prefer when like white women are silent and don't say anything and don't talk to me because I would rather you like do that than like act unracist in front of your white friends and then just literally not care about me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead, Alina. Um so oh my gosh, in terms of
3: like the influencer thing, and then I'll jump back to the anti Asian hate movement too, because I have something to add to that. But um in for the influencer thing, there's a bunch of like examples that I can just list off. But one and I just thought of one right now, <laughs> but it was obviously a big Cheetah Girls fan, whatever, but there was one movie I think in the cheetah girl series where they went to Bollywood or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I thought that's like one example of this because Mm -hmm. at first I felt so represented. I was like, Oh my God, cheetah girls doing a Bollywood like movie, whatever. But then I kind of like where you watch some of those scenes and I was like, okay, this is a little bit concerning. (laughs) We need to address this. And, um, but that was just like one example, but another one that I know is going to become a trend soon that, is in my culture is henna tattoos and it's actually Zoe knows she's heard my rant about this but it's actually <laughs> called Mendi in Urdu and also Hindi um, and it's basically like this design that you get on your hand it's like henna obviously it's temporary and I've been seeing so many people on TikTok and social media getting these designs being like oh my gosh guys look at my henna tattoo whatever and then they're completely silent about any issues that affect, uh, that affect Asian people. Um, and so that I know is gonna become a trend very soon. I will say it right now, it's gonna become a trend for white people to profit off of. And what makes me mad about these trends that influencers do is like, I was made fun of for having like Mendy on my hand. I literally was told to go wash it off when I was in elementary school by some white ass teacher because it was distracting. I was told to put a glove on, whatever, right? And now I see white, yeah, it's really bad. And now I see white people doing it for fun, being like, oh, look, I'm so exotic. I have a henna tattoo. So there's just a lot of examples in terms of the influencer stuff, and what makes me mad about that is that they will easily pick and choose from BIPOC culture what they think is cool and exotic, and then they'll ignore the issues that they face and not use their white privilege or um, become a gr- become a better ally in order to better and like kind of give a platform to for these BIPOC people to speak about these issues that they face. So that kind of bugs me about the whole like social media stuff and performative activism as a whole. Um, but as for the anti-Asian hate sentiment movement, I think what Serena said about like how it's being compared to Black Lives Matter is a really good point because these are two like completely separate issues. Obviously the overlap of white supremacy and internalized racism in our system is, is an overlap in the two, but the rest of it is completely separate. Like you need to address these issues without comparing them. Mm -hmm. Um, And the one commonality that I've noticed when people are trying to be activists, in air quotes, about Black Lives Matter and the anti-Asian hate sentiment movement is they, this drives me insane, but they don't recognize that it's further than just like this year. Like Mm -hmm. anti-Asian hate sentiment has been in our history for years. If you look at like in the UK, the anti-South Asian hate sentiment The hate crimes going on against the pakistani people the Sikh people that's a big issue no one talks about that also the japanese internment camps after pearl harbor that's an issue no one talks Mm -hmm. about that so it just makes me mad that they're only now recognizing this because it's like oh i spoke about i spoke about black lives matter that's also been an issue for years police brutality has Mm -hmm. been an issue for years like listen to any sort of rap album ice cube has like so many lyrics where he talks about police brutality being an issue, and that music came from the '90s, and obviously, police brutality mm-hmm. goes past the '90s. But it's just white people like to think that it's just now an issue and that they need to now talk about it. But it's been in our history for like years on end. So mm-hmm.
1: um, the people that are affected by it don't. But, yeah, but the people that are affected yeah. by it don't forget it. They don't get to pick and choose when mm-hmm. they forget about their own trauma. Like exactly. Yeah have empathy
0: yeah
1: you know what i mean yeah. like period like people need to learn that skill and i feel like especially on the social media aspect because we're literally overstimulated with like information every single day like endless scrolling on things like it you feel desensitized to the yeah. actual issues which is like really weird because it's literally affecting real life people in mm-hmm. real life groups of people go ahead serena
2: Um, What I was going to say is I feel like, well, of course, social media is a big part of how um, people are just kind of desensitized to racism nowadays. And I like back to what Zoe was saying earlier, trauma porn is such a big Mm -hmm. thing. Like a lot of people have been sharing specifically the image of the Chinese woman in San Francisco that was um, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: bloodied and beaten by that white man that she ended up beating up herself, which I'm like. Yes, Mama. <laughs> but um, what I will say is, I feel like the most toxic thing about infographic Instagram culture is the fact that um, whenever a tragedy does happen, all like, for example, like in particular with like the anti Asian, or I'm messing up my words. What? <laughs> but but basically, um, with infographic culture, people are kind of just reducing minorities and their pains and what they go through to just what they can provide for everyone like so for example i've been seeing a lot of the infographic like you you take a picture drinking a matcha green tea latte and (sighs) you you wing your eyeliner and you do x y and z but you're not speaking up against asian hate and i'm like okay but like you're also just focusing on in general on what we provide and what we bring to the table rather than who we are as people like people are dying people are getting shot people are being fetishized and like you are literally bringing up matcha green tea lattes and like i think it was crazy with like the black lives matter movement people would be like but you listen to rap music why are you quiet and i'm like okay yes but also what deeper than that
1: yeah Yeah. like yeah like you had like the right Sentiment, but I don't you're know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like, just like, very, very... what we provide, rather than mm-hmm. like, you're boiling like, it down to people. yeah. It's yeah. It's right. the
0: same thing as like when people are like, "Oh, but that's somebody's sister. That's somebody's mother." I'm like, "How? Oh, what? That's such a weird thing to say." It's like they're still. Why are you reducing someone to what they can provide? Yeah, like that's a person. Yeah, you know I mean yeah. that's a
4: person, and I think sorry I I know you wanted to speak Alina but I'm just really quickly gonna say that I think it's always like you have to relate and prove that oppressed communities are valuable to Mm -hmm. the community that is currently in power so like the like when people say like if you watch anime if you eat um kimchi if you drink boba support Asian lives it's like okay, so basically if white people are entertained by us, they should support us. Or like, mm-hmm. oh, if, if men um, find women attractive or if men like have women in their lives, they should support um, like the movement against sexual harassment and sexual mm-hmm. assault. Like, no, how about we just think of people as individuals and yeah. not how they'll benefit you personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah um yeah i was
3: gonna say something similar to what zoe was saying but it's similar to how in like the sexual assault awareness like movement as a whole people are like oh imagine it was your sister imagine Mm -hmm. it was your mother like you don't need to imagine this sort of fucked up incident to think that this is a bad situation that's going on that this needs to be stopped as a whole and it's and that's similar to the anti-asian hate sentiment that's going on right now about how it's like. Oh, if you if you drink boba, or if you watch anime, or if you like K-pop, you need to care. It's like, you need to care, period. Like, you don't need to care whether you're being entertained by BIPOC by people or not. You need to care because they're people. Like, I don't know why you have to get something in return from minority communities in order to care about them literally being hate-crimed in the street. You should just care because they're being hate-crimed in the street. Like, you don't need to be yeah. like oh but boba like who cares like that's like yeah. you should just care in general so you should care for know, all humans yeah like why do you care about like boba and k-pop like you should just care mm-hmm. about them like this community as a whole that's literally just being oppressed in front of your eyes so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. completely agree on that
1: um okay well let's go to the next question <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know to segue. an hour
0: in. And- no, no i
1: literally was like how am i gonna And I was like, no, it's not going to work. Yeah,
3: I get that. It's like, we've gone through like a whole rant. It's like, okay, next question. I was literally
0: looking through all the questions and I was like... (laughs) We've answered like... half. Yeah, we've we've answered most of them. Yeah, you guys have answered most of the questions already like inadvertently. Yeah, So, so I'm like
1: trying to take them off. I think this one's a good one. How does this affect comfortability in workplaces and how much protection does VIPC actually have? I think I thought about this in the terms of like film and television and that especially in whitewashing asian characters like the amount of fucking white people that have been casted as mm. as miss scarlett johansson i'm looking at you miss mm. scarlett johansson i'm looking at you like that dragon ball z movie that came out in the early oh. 2000s good fucking lord there was literally like a matt damon movie that came out a few years ago about the great wall of china And he was like literally a warrior for the Chinese army, I guess. The first
0: Avatar, the last airbender one where they were all white. I was like, huh?
1: No, exactly. And I was just, I'm just so confused. Um, Imagine, and I highly doubt they had any Asian people working. Like, if not, like barely any Asian people. And if not, I feel like a lot of times when you're the one Asian person in the room of all white people, the hell is going to listen to your opinion and I feel like I've definitely dealt with this on like a smaller level out like just in college like I would sometimes be in like student government and we'd be talking about issues and they were like well why are we just targeting that one group like why wouldn't we include everybody I'm like because it has nothing to do with the other groups of people like these people are being targeted we need to talk about them and talk through their issues and hear them out like what is going on but I also, oh, I forget what I was coming. I'm in the guard to film. I had such a good fucking well, it, note for this. Well, too. when you
0: think of it, but yeah. it's not just in also workplaces, like also like learning environments. Mm-hmm. I think just any place where you uh, might be, you know, maybe the only Asian person in the mm-hmm. room, and no one else is like, yeah, you know, um, if anybody wanted to go ahead and answer that one.
2: Um. I think it's interesting because my sister works for a big um, corporation within the entertainment industry. And I was listening in, um, they actually had like a zoom meeting to talk about the recent events in Atlanta. And um, it became a forum for, um, of course, like all of her Asian coworkers to speak on their sentiments about what happened. But there was in particular one white man (laughs) that like of course like came forward to share his sentiments and his were essentially like you know I used to make homophobic remarks and racist remarks and it wasn't until someone said hey that's not okay that I realized that hey it is not okay and it was just like kind of flooring to hear someone come forward and like openly just come to a forum where people are meant to be speaking about how they're feeling about a recent tragedy of people of the same race that they identify with or that they are, and just kind of put out their own white guilt so that they could feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like he was kind of coming forward for like, this is the thing. A lot of white people will go to um people of color and essentially just like come to them to absolve their white guilt and it's like that's not our job and that's not our place and it's up to you to do that work but it's crazy because in that forum also like there was another um, POC that came forward and was like what can I do as a POC to be a better ally and like what can I do like just what can I do in general which is such a fair and beautiful question but it comes down to the fact that this might be a hot take, but this is like white people's job. Like to disband um, I don't think that's a hot take. I agree. Yeah. To, like, <laughs> to disband white supremacy, why are we making the people that are being oppressed be the ones fight so hard for what they truly deserve?
4: And I yeah, feel like you you invented it, untangle it. Why is it my <gasps> job? I don't know. Uh. I love you i love you both. I love you. Just
2: like, I, like every time you guys both talk i'm just like keep going keep going no, okay anyway someone else take it away i love you i'm like
1: no you make perfect sense you're so smart
2: <laughs> Wait, there was, quick interjection there was a tweet once that was like um in quotes it was like i don't know if i'm making sense making sense and then it was it was like the line like the dash and it was like said by a beautiful hot girl that's making perfect absolute sense <laughs> and i was like yes was, so every time all of us we say okay I'm, I'm calling myself out here too but like each of us we're all saying something that makes perfect eloquent sense yeah. and like mm-hmm. given the fact that we're talking about a really heavy topic that just makes us flustered in general and we're trying mm-hmm. our best we're all making perfect sense and we keep going yeah. i don't know if that makes sense oh it's like gosh. i'm mm-hmm. like shout it shout guys, it
4: girl. okay it's do you guys hard. ever? I used to do this a lot, but do you guys ever, and I do it sometimes still, but do you, like, when you're talking to white people, especially, like, the white liberals that are like, how can I be a better ally? And you actually tell them, and then, and then you're like, well, I felt like this time you were being a little racially insensitive or, like, ignorant, whereas literally they were just being racist, but you have to, like, infantilize them and dumb it down so they don't get offended and run away and just not talk to you. It's so exhausting, you just have to like constantly censor yourself, Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, I guess it's another way of like just internalized white supremacy and how like Mm -hmm. even when you're trying to dismantle it, you still have to like be it, if that makes sense. Girl, you just said it and you- It does make sense, (laughs) okay.
2: But like that's the thing,
4: we do coddle (laughs) white
2: people. We coddle Mm -hmm. white people so that they can understand our pain, but they'll never- well, never. And I'm and, like, and
4: then they freak out because they're like, "Oh, I'm trying so hard here." Like, mm-hmm. bitch, I don't care how hard you're trying. Um, I've been trying my whole life to be you. That doesn't work. So just stay yeah. in your place. Like, I don't know why they. And then they they do that thing as like you were talking about with your sister's company where they're like, "As a white person, I'm so saddened by this." Like. <laughs> Okay, it's not about you. You it can it's be not- saddened about this somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. it's like a press release. <laughs> not to be
1: harsh. <laughs> it's literally a
0: press a, release. No,
1: it's yeah. true. It's true. Um, anyway, we out. know so many people like that. Yeah. there are so <laughs> many people I'm like thinking about, and I'm like, yeah. but peace and love. Yes, the profile's going no, through right saying, now. It's
3: like they're well. What you were saying, my AirPods gonna die, but whatever. Um, like one thing that I hate about white liberals and. It's that they're like trying to apologize for being white. Like they're like, I'm so so sorry I was white. I wish I could help somehow like bitch, like you're a colonizer, accept it, just figure out how to be a better ally. Like that's yeah, my exactly. thing. Like so it makes me mad. And I think one thing in terms of like the question that you asked, Kim, was um, obviously I don't have a job, so in the school in the school environment, um, one thing that I've noticed is with like my brother's school and my school after like Um, things like the Atlanta shooting, Black Lives Matter movement, all of that stuff that's going on, um, our like administration would email all of the students to be like, we recognize this is a tough time, especially for our minority students. Let us know if you need anything, which is obviously bare minimum. The bar is very low, but I do think that that's an acceptable like step in the right direction because you're recognizing that this is a fucked up issue and that it needs to be addressed. And if it's hard on people, it's hard on people and you need to give them space to process that because you will never understand what it's like to be in that position. Because for me, I'm, I'm South Asian and the hate crime that was, that happened in Atlanta was East Asian based hate. And it came from a place of East Asian people being targeted because of COVID-19. So since I'm South Asian, I can't directly relate to that because although we're like both Asian in terms of like community wise, um, I won't understand what it's like to be East Asian. So I need to be a, a better ally or a better Asian ally by understanding that I don't know what what that's like. Um, So I think that's also important to address in terms of like the entire Asian community is you also need to recognize when you need to be a better ally yourself. So um, yeah, at least that's what I've noticed. I think there needs to be a lot more being done in the workplace and also in schools and school systems to be better allies for BIPOC people but it does start by recognizing that this is an issue in our society that we need to address like as a whole.
2: In terms of workplace, um, I feel like, okay, like for example, like what you were saying earlier, Lena, like the best way to put it is like white sectional feminism also is just like such a prevailing thing, like girl boss culture and whatever. But it's like when people say shit like, oh, girl boss, it's like, just a bunch of white girls referring to themselves being elevated into positions of power. And they're kind of forgetting everyone else at the bottom. And I feel like that's like the number one thing that I've realized, like, especially working interning. And like, now I have my first like big girl job is like, we always are like, yes, women in the workplace, but they're always just talking about white girls. Sorry, but like I
1: don't
2: no, know,
4: it's I don't know. It's no true. sorry. I agree. All of us are everyone. Like
2: that it kind of does like I mean this kind of of course just like goes back to like the sexualization of Asians as well is like I mean it's so white feminism is so, cult- or is so, not cultural, whoa, is so just like toxic in the sense that they just kind of forget other groups of people. So they're just like pussy power, but it's also like, okay, like what about the femicide in other countries that are happening? Yeah. Like, you don't say shit. Like it's just like a very self-serving thing rather than focusing on people of color that are women that are being severely oppressed.
4: Mm-hmm. I definitely and- agree. Like, oh, sorry. I, no, you're fine. Bad. I was not saying say, and that's my TED talk. So
2: it wasn't that important to say. It was just being theatric. But go ahead, girl. I love it.
4: <laughs> I was just going to say, um, I think a lot of those, like, movements, um, let's be honest, they don't do anything. Uh, like, okay, Bethany, you don't have to shave your legs. You don't have to wear a bra. At the end of the day, like, you're not the one getting killed, and you're not the one being sold on the dark net like this is real shit like little girls who aren't white are more likely to be taken because like they're in vulnerable positions whatever it's like that's all great Free the nipple for sure do whatever you want with your nipples but at the end of the day like do you understand that you're still white do you because if i were to free my nipple i would like probably receive hate from my own community and other people so it's like I think all of these like white feminist movements like it's a good start but Mm -hmm. it's not enough like oftentimes where these issues are coming from is because white women don't have to deal with race so they find other things to um you know focus on which is like obviously women women all women are like over sexualized, but like you need to understand how race comes into that, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: I think what I was thinking about when I wrote this question was kind of like I was thinking about being there are literally, maybe I could count on one hand Asian female directors, and that's being so generous. And I think, especially when I think about like getting movies made and everything. I think about all the steps you have to go towards, especially when it comes to funding, and the people that have the funding are old white men. And how is an old white man gonna identify with an Asian woman's experience when it's not having to do with satisfying an old white man? You know what I mean? Because that's all they know, because that's all they've seen. And I think it's kind of, it can be kind of discouraging when it when you want to see like more diverse stories in regards to like film and television, I definitely think we're on the right track. Yeah. But I mean, what in the recent year we've had The Farewell and Crazy Rich Asians have been like the biggest ones that like every kind of like, quote unquote, everyone knows. And it's like, how many fucking white people films have we had in the past years that people can name? Yeah. Like, the way that um,
0: Stephen, Ye- what's his name? The guy from The Walking Dead. He's the first Asian American. Yeah, he's the first Asian American. Yes, he's the first Asian American yes, um, man to be nominated for an Oscar. Ever. Ever.
1: It is twenty twenty one, y'all. What is going on? And even like him, like he is an, a a desirable Asian man, quote unquote, mm-hmm. because he's like fit and lean, and he has a jawline, like. Asian men and how they're treated in society is a whole different topic yeah. and I would love to have a group of Asian men come and talk about that because I can only imagine how they feel and especially with the construct of masculinity on top of that girl if you're listening to this and you're an Asian man and you want to talk about it please oh my God, they, I would if love Steven to...
0: is listening to this
1: oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Steven mm-hmm. hi. I would love that hey, <laughs> <I'm>
1: just... <laughs> go ahead Alina <laughs>
3: Um, yeah so I think one thing that I was going to mention when you're talking about like film and media is I always talk about this but like representation behind the camera is also important because obviously seeing yourself on screen is very important but also having someone behind the camera who actually understands what it's like to be a person of color and a minority is also just as important so that's why I think like uplifting like people of color in the film industry not only actors like obviously that's important is also very like, um, very significant as well. And also one thing that I've noticed is, like, for me, as a South Asian person, there's, like, probably five South Asian people in the entire media industry. And that's, and that's, like, upsetting to me because, like, half of them are trying to, um, are trying to, like, get the white man's approval. And I'm talking about fucking Priyanka Chopra and Mindy Kaling. I will say it. I will say it. Priyanka Chopra is not my fucking representation, all right? So it just makes me upset because it's like she, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Priyanka Chopra actually was a Bollywood actress first and then moved to Hollywood. And in the middle, she had a song with Pitbull. So she was all over the place basically. (laughs) And it makes me upset because she was trying so badly to be accepted by the white majority, like the white audience that she had to dilute herself and who she was and like her roots. Mm -hmm. To the point of where she started talking like, like with, like a white person accent and I don't I hope you all know what I'm saying so that makes me mad and also um and also how when you're talking about Asian men as well that's a whole another thing and that goes into the topic of like the approachable white man how white men who are like like not conventionally attractive basically like um like Adam Driver obviously I'm in love with Adam Driver but he's one example how he gets more roles compared to like an approachable looking man man of color, like the men of color that we see on screen, like Riz Ahmed, like um, Henry Golding, like uh, Idris Elba, like they're all very conventionally attractive looking. There's never Mm -hmm. roles that are being given to unconventionally attractive looking men of color. And, and so it's it's upsetting to me to see that because it's like, um, because it's like an approachable white man who's just like, barely decent looking gets all the hype But then men of color have to go to very extreme lengths to be like attractive looking to even get considered to get a role like that. So um, that would also be a very interesting topic to talk about. So I I hope you all do that in the future, because I would love to listen to that.
1: (laughs) I would love to talk about it. And like, I think also like this also kind of ties into the last question. I think BIPOC in general, like why does everything have to be about our trauma or our plot lines in film and media and TV have to be related to our Asian-ness or your blackness or whatever it is, like, why can't we just exist also? Sure. Like, why can't we just have, like, a silly, crazy, stupid love movie that yeah. literally is just no it's thought a- to just...
0: A TV show will yeah. have, like, the white characters and their storyline will be like, oh, their boss at work is mean to them. Yeah. And then there's, like, a black character and it's, like, this super intense storyline. Yeah. And, like, and it's a sideline. So yeah. you don't even get yeah. really get
1: the whole story. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand why it's so hard just to have people be people mm-hmm. and not defined by their trauma or their race. Because people are way more than that, you know? like it's definitely a part of their identity and, a type, and it definitely affects their decision making progress, but it's not every fucking this moment of their life is like based upon that like they yeah. can just they can have a love interest and it be simply about love and Period. you know what i mean like why can't we have that so i want to end on a high note because i feel like sometimes on our podcast we do a really sometimes. bad job <laughs> most of the time on our yeah. podcast we do a really bad job of like ending on a bad note so I made sure to have a good question. It's like we'll be we'll
0: be like in a good with the whole episode and then the last point will be like the most <laughs> depressing, depressing point <laughs> of the whole episode. And we're like, and that's all for today, guys.
1: <laughs> but I think this is a good one. Um, what is the first memory you had of a positive representation of an Asian woman? Or if you can't remember that, like your favorite? Yeah. Um
3: so I have okay, well I the shows that I'm gonna mention, like I'm sure they have their faults or whatever, but two of them so one was the good place and then the other was um new girl and the reason why i chose this was because both of them have brown women as like the attractive girl and that's something that i've never ever in my entire life seen on screen and those are the two examples of when i saw i was like wow oh my gosh a girl that looks like me and she's considered the hot girl in the show she's considered the love interest so that was that was for me one example and i think it's, it's so hard to find examples like that, and, like, to the point of where I've literally had to go, like, rely on, like, Bollywood movies to even get my representation. I had to go to, like, um, an industry that's, like, common in my, like, home country or whatever in order to see someone who looks like me on screen. So I thought I'd mention that because that is so messed up that I had to go to the extent of that, that I'm not even seeing it just in Hollywood as a whole. Um, but, yeah, New Girl in The Good Place, although I didn't finish The Good Place, but I did – but I did like seeing someone to look like me as um, as like the love interest because that's very rare.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think like it was interesting that you said like I don't know if these, peop- these characters have problems and it's like I think that's a good thing about film and television is like I think not all characters have good mom- moments. Like all people don't have good moments. Like yeah. everybody in their life has had moments where they have not been a good human and that's just a part of it and it also like helps like humanize them and realize like You can overcome the shitty things that you've done, yeah. You know, um, does anyone else want to go? Um,
2: I was gonna say, I think that, like. Okay, this is I know Mulan is problematic. But like I was gonna say that as well. I know it's problematic, but I feel like that was such like a fundamental movie to me, like growing up, especially seeing like a badass Asian woman, you know, saving the day. And like it just kind of it's empowering. Like even when you're little and seeing like like I mean, we watched so much so much princess movies about just, like, a man saving the day, that it's, like, finally just, like, a woman saving the day, that it's just refreshing. And it, it, I think that was just, like, the first impactful movie. But, like, Kim, to your point earlier, like, a movie that, like, To, to All the Boys I Loved Before is a big one, where it's, like, it's finally just a movie about, like, a young... Asian girl that just happens to fall in love with a boy that she wrote letters to and Mm -hmm. stuff so I think that's fun but at the same time like of course Netflix has its own problems in terms of casting and especially because Atlanta Condor's siblings are not the same type of Asian as her and they're also there's, I believe one of the sisters is like mixed but Mm -hmm. we're not going to get into that Um, but it's just one of those things where it's just like
1: you know I do think it's interesting that you bring up To All the Boys I Love Before because I did, I read the books. The books are immaculate. Please, please, if you do anything, read the books. It's so easy to read and they're so much better than the movies. The movies did it so dirty. It makes me so mad. It's something I literally keeps me up at night. But I did like, yeah, like you said, like she fell in love with this boy, but they also introduce her culture in it as well. And they celebrate the new year and they talk about like why what they wear is important. And, like, what they do during this holiday to celebrate. And it's such a subtle thing because that's just her everyday life. That's just what's normal to her. And I think that's, like, it seems so, like, mundane and, like, something, like, you know, but it means a lot to somebody that experiences that. Yeah. You know? You want to go, Zoe?
4: Yeah, I was also going to say Mulan. Um, And I think what's really refreshing about that is finally, like, it was an Asian woman that wasn't expected to be with like a white man, so I mm-hmm. think that's really cool. Um, and then a movie that I actually just watched like pretty recently. It's called The Feels, and it's like a comedy, I think. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was produced in like 2016, but it's about this lesbian couple, and um, uh, Constance Wu plays the lead like woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if she's, like, co-lead co or whatever um, because it's about, like, her and her white girlfriend. But, like, I really like that movie because it's, like, the first time I've ever seen um, lesbian-Asian representation. Um, and also the last time I've ever seen lesbian-Asian representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure, like, there is some, like, 90s movie, but that just seemed like, really odd and, like, fetish. Like, I think there's, like, a couple that are, like... I don't know what they're called because I didn't watch them, but um, they just seem like they'd be really weird and like fetish-y. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool to see like um, representation of like my like being Asian and like also lesbian. So um, I kind of did have a problem that like with the fact that she was dating a white woman, but like, you know, progress is, is a steady hill to climb. Mm -hmm. and also Constance Wu is very cool but like she's like one of like eight Asian actors that I can Mm -hmm. think of that are like actually in movies so
1: yeah um I think for me my ones that I think of when I think about this question is (laughs) is London Tipton and um (laughs) Gabriella (laughs) yes from High School Musical Mm -hmm. um because London Tipton I was obsessed with Sweet Life on Zach and Cody because again, it like it kind of broke the stereotype. Like she was loud and she was quote unquote obnoxious, but she was fucking funny and yeah. she loved luxury and she was like that- also like stupid. And i love that yes. I like, oh. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly i was like oh my god yes queen of not being smart sometimes like,
0: <laughs> queen of not knowing.
4: no queen
1: of not knowing queen of literally living in a daydream like i love her um and i thought that was really interesting to see and i thought it was really cool to see as a, like a young kid like i was like oh my god one one nugget mm-hmm. we get one nugget of like cool asian representation and then when I found out that Vanessa Hudgens was half Filipino, I, I damn near lost my mind. I literally was like, this is absolutely everything. And the fact that she was the lead, like, yeah, she still had, like, the smart girl trope, but you know, I think we can, again, take what we can get. But the <laughs> fact
4: that Oh, sorry. I was just going to no, say, man. like, all of the movies and films we mentioned have, like, things that are wrong with them, and that just sucks, mm-hmm. and we need to not do that anymore but like they still they still are cool so sorry go gotta keep going
1: was okay, okay but- i think it's just like some people will have that to like identify with yeah. you know someone's a gabriella out there
0: oh oh, so we're like, oh yeah. <laughs> sorry to go ahead
2: i'm sorry i was gonna say like real fast like the farewell like, mm-hmm. I feel like seeing, like, an Asian grandmother, I just, like, it really pulled at my heartstrings, because it made me think of my Lola, and I just, like, yeah. <laughs> all the feels, but, like, I think that was also another refreshing one, and it's crazy, because that was so recent,
1: like, mm-hmm. this of- A kind lot of our examples are recent. recent. hmm Yeah, which is, you know. It is what
4: it is. I think that says a lot about our society.
1: A hundred percent. And I think, again, like I'm looking forward to like seeing more Asian representation in media and stuff as more Asian women producers, directors, everybody, actresses, actors are getting the recognition that they deserve, period. period. Um, And yeah. Yeah, and John, know. Period. Thank you guys for talking and being vulnerable and having a safe space, especially because like it's been like weird times, and especially in quarantine, we haven't been able to like kind of actually talk it out. So this was nice.
0: Yeah. Um, if you guys want to go ahead and plug where people can find you, um, <laughs> we can go to circle again. <laughs>
3: um. Yeah. So you can find me on. Oh my gosh, I hate. I hate that I started it like that. <laughs> um, you can find me on um my podcast, which Zoe is also on, Colonize This. Uh, we did an episode with our Hollywood. They were actually our first guests ever, and it was very fun. So you can listen to that. Um, and also my other podcast, Dear Asian Girl, and then my Instagram is just my name with another M at the end because apparently that handle was
2: taken. <laughs> Oh my god, I hate plugging my ads. Um, sorry. I'm like, hey guys, um, you can find me at at Serena Baines on Instagram and on TikTok. Um, I'm not really funny or entertaining, but I dress cute and I am cute. Okay.
4: Yeah. Um so really funny story. I actually don't know how to spell my Instagram username. That's okay. We'll <laughs> we'll follow you.
1: Yeah. Follow you all of add, our
4: guests. You yeah. can add my snap though. It's uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> Steven is listening. Steven, if you're listening.
4: Steven, add my snap. <laughs> it's um R-O-T-O-Snap 11.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yep. all this information will also be on our Instagram um <laughs> So it's more accessible and easier to find. Mm -hmm.
4: Thank you so much for having me. This was (gasps) really cool. And I love the format of our discussion. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it was so fun. I love this. It was so fun.
4: It was so fun.
0: Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, we're not going to be able to like, I don't know what I thought this was going to be. I don't. I just always assume chaos is the he, default. Okay,
1: he literally always assumed chaos is gonna happen, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm Listen, like, I thought that went great, and he's like, I thought that was gonna go so bad. And I'm if like, yeah.
0: you are always prepared for chaos, then you're ready when it does happen.
4: Is Perfect. that like a Britney Spears? What? Baby. No. Um, I was just gonna
3: say this felt so like. Have y'all seen the one? I don't know if it was Vanity Fair that did it, but they did the circle with like Adam Sandler, Adam Driver. Um mm-hmm. fuck, I'm forgetting the rest, but it felt like that. I felt like Adam Driver. I was like, <laughs> I was like all like, oh my
1: turn. Let me add. Like uh-huh. that's was that's literally, a- literally what I was like watching in preparation. I was, yeah. a mindset where <sighs> oh, I loved it. It was very fun. Yay! I, I feel, feel so happy about it. Beauty! I literally
2: the whole time I'm just like looking. I'm like, I love her. I love her. I love her. I love, her. I love him. I'm just like so like I can't stop. I'm like, everyone's just so smart. It's so cute. It's so oh good. It makes me so happy. It really does. Like I just love people like this. And like, wait, are you guys in high school?
1: Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: The youth, we love the youth. <laughs> it's so fucking. The children
4: happy. are our future. Oh <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: literally
2: like a three-year age gap, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a child no I like it. i'm so no I'm, I'm obsessed like when i say it i mean
4: it i mean it thank you i really we got making like connections shirt, we love it here yeah. i like your shirt kim i think that's yes. a very really cool shirt thank you what is I'm
2: it talking.
1: R? it's um nyc ballet here, it's acne studios I got that it secondhand. Is. Oh, she's classically trained. She's classy. She loves the arts.
0: You yes. know what I mean? Okay, awesome. okay we got it. Yeah, we're just complimenting each other. Thank you guys all for being here. Yeah. Um, and join yeah. us next week. I don't even know how we're doing. Oh,
1: did you stop recording? No. Oh, no, there's a sign off still. Oh. The way he almost ended the meeting. Yeah, it's like, my guys, said, I hang up completely. Yeah.
0: Okay. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs>